everyone and welcome to another Library Girl and Book Boy podcast where today I am absolutely delighted to have a super exciting interview with one of my hero authors and illustrators, Mr Johnny Duddle, who I'm sure you will know for his brilliant picture books such as The Pirate Cruncher or The Pirates Next Door or Gigantosaurus, but also for his first chapter books and of course for the amazing covers he illustrated for Bloomsbury for the Harry Potter book series, but more of that later. So without further ado, here is what Johnny had to say. It's at this point I would like to issue an apology because I got my amazing interviews muddled up and unfortunately Johnny does not have a collaboration coming out soon with MG Leonard, although it would be brilliant. You'll have to make sure you listen to future episodes to find out who does. Sorry Johnny! Sorry everybody! Right, hello everybody. Today we have Johnny Duddle joining us to talk about his latest books, some old books and some rather fabulous illustrations. So hello Johnny, how are you? Hello, I'm fine, thank you. Got a cold. (laughs) No, thank you very much for for joining us this evening. Uh, You're welcome, thanks for having me on. My pleasure. So let's get started then. Um, So um, you shared a bit of a teaser on social media not so long ago, of a new Johnny Rogers chapter book story, which I think is due out in June. I think it might be July, but July. it is June or July. It's it's pretty soon. Yeah, I've got in to finish. I've got to finish illustrating it yet. But well, yes, that yes, that's quite important. I suppose. <laughs> so, um, can you tell us anything about it? Yeah, it's called. Um... The Jolly Rogers and the Pirate Piper, and it's kind of a swashbuckling take on um, the Pied Piper of Hamelin. It's similar to that. Okay. Um, but Nugget, who's um, so the Jolly Rogers family, Nugget's the youngest. She's um, supposed to be about three. Um, she discovers she's kind of got magical powers when she when she plays her grandpa's old fiddle, and it kind of comes a bit competitive between her and the the Pirate Piper, who's like the Pied Piper. So it's. Um, I, I wrote it towards the end of last year and I, I, re- I had a couple of months kind of completely off social media. I just kind of needed time to write a couple of books and get the, the sketches and everything done. And um, and so I kind of just, I, th- I thought I've got to post something. So I, I did a sort of thing on Twitter and Facebook where I just I just put up a the, the cover sketch on World Book Day just because I realised I hadn't answered any tweets or been online at all really for a couple of months. Um, but yeah, I'm currently doing the the, the the illustrations for the inside of the book. Brilliant. So you said you started it just before Christmas? Um, I started writing it in um, the autumn. Um, so, but then I, I also had to, I, it, there are 160 pages, but there's illustrations on almost every page. Yeah. So I, I have to, I kind of lay it out and, and try and work out. I think there's normally between about 60 and 65 illustrations. So um, I kind of like to send it all together, you know, with the, with the sketches and, um, so that was most of January, I think. And then I, I'm just working through them now, slightly slower than I wanted. 
It's worth it to get them right, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. I haven't done one for a while, actually. I th- I, I, I didn't realise how long it was since the last chapter book came out. But you you kind of get distracted by other work and other other things, and then and I mean, I did another Jodie Rogers picture book, The Pirates of Scurvy Sands. Yes, that was brilliant. And um, so it's just getting back into the kind of groove of doing those you know a sequence of black and whites and they're, they're just black and white with grayscale and just getting I haven't done those for a while so it's but it's all going okay at the moment it's they're, they're looking how I want them to and, and getting used to drawing the characters again because hmm. even though Scurvy Sands came out last year I finished it kind of the year before so you kind of you end up drawing some characters and then you leave them and even though the books just come out you, you haven't worked on it for a year and then you go back to it and you're kind of trying to get used to drawing them again quickly you know yes that makes sense and naturally yeah, no, I think um, I love the Jolly Rogers series. It's just it's so good to have lots more chapter books coming through that are so heavily illustrated. So I think that people, I think there used to be the supposition that if children wanted to read chapter books, the illustrations could kind of go. But I think the illustrations just add so much to the story, don't they? Yeah, I, mean, I think when I think when I was going to do the first one, um, the plan was to kind of make it a little bit shorter, maybe sort of slightly shorter. They are pretty quite short texts. There are about 10,000 words each book, between about 9,000 and 11,000, so, um, which is quite short. But I think originally we were going to go shorter than that, you know, sort of about 5,000 words. But once I started writing them, you sort of get sort of a sort of bit of a kind of a meatier story with, you know, the extra words. So um, yeah. it's actually harder to keep the words down, actually. That's the thing I struggle with on the... I was thinking, oh, I've got to write 10,000. You know, I haven't done picture books. And mine are quite long picture books. Um, but I thought, um, you know, it might be hard writing 10,000 words, but actually it's it's keeping it to 10,000 words is the, is the tricky bit. Well, that leads in quite nicely to my next question, which was that obviously the Jolly Rogers first appeared in picture book form, and now we have um, the chapter books too. And I was just wondering how the process of writing a chapter book as opposed to a picture book differed and and which you prefer um i i'm not sure i prefer either they're kind of quite they're very different actually i think with picture books they tend to evolve over normally years i've got a list of about um i've got a currently got a list of at least 10 books that i want to picture books that i want to do but they take so long uh, my more the illustration takes a long time so so the um, the text varies in how long it takes to write, and no, but like I said, it normally evolves. I've normally had an idea for the text, and then it kind of writes the odd note in my sketchbooks or on uh, or type it up, and then it gradually becomes the text. Apart from Gigantosaurus, which I wrote very quickly on holiday, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the with the Paris next door it, um, and the Jolly Rogers, it's um, so when I'm doing a picture book, the, the words kind of evolve with the artwork. So I'll draw a bit, write a bit, draw a bit, write a bit, and it kind of gradually becomes a picture book. Um, whereas with the chapter books, I would pretty much write all of the words before I start on the illustration, apart from maybe the odd character. So with this one, with the Pirate Piper, which which is the one you know throughout the summer, um, I did do some sketches of the Piper himself. I just, I just had a... We had a rat, actually. That was kind of what inspired it. We had a rat last year living in my studio. Lovely. And um, <laughs> yeah, not so lovely. <laughs> I was, my, my wife was doing a, a postgrad qualification and was working very late at night, and I'd gone to bed, and um, and she came running in and said, "Johnny, we're being burgled, we're being burgled." And so I sort of 
woke up kind of bleary eyed, you know, with my eyes half closed and staggered downstairs to check out whether there was a burglar, not really thinking whether that was a good idea or not. No. And when I got to the bottom of the stairs, there was my daughter had left a bag of gold chocolate coins she got for Christmas at the um, bottom of the stairs in a, in a like a tote bag with some of her other presents. And this there was a trail of chocolate coins going out from the bottom of our stairs through the, through the hallway into my studio. And then the bag was kind of sitting there with all these coins spread around. I thought, what, 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 why would there be a chocolate coin bag in the middle of my... And I was thinking, maybe it was mice, because we've had mice before. I said, maybe it's mice. And I was thinking, how would they move that? It's quite heavy. Yeah. And maybe maybe it's more than one mouse. And I started, and I think, you know, I was gradually waking up and I suddenly thought, oh no, what have you got a rat? And I was stood there in my pajamas with bare feet and I suddenly tried to find my slippers and, and I got our dog in <laughs> got our dog in my studio. I said, Come in, come in. And all she wanted to do it was three in the morning. All she wanted to do was play play ball. She was sort of running around all excited because I'd woken her up at, you know, in the middle of the night. Yeah. And it turned out we had a rat. I set up a little camera, um, like a, a little sort of plug-in sort of USB camera to my to and and it caught it coming out from behind my fire from under the floorboards I think through my fireplace and into my room every night and then doing a little tour of the house so um, that kind of inspired it really just having this rat which we no longer have but um but that was kind of inspiration for the rats and I just thought I just remembered reading the Piper of Hamlin when I was younger and thought I just drew drew this Pied Piper and then it kind of and you'd gradually started thinking about the story Ah, amazing. So Ratcam is partly... (laughs) Partly inspiration. (laughs) That's brilliant. Um, So you mentioned Gigantosaurus, and that's leading on again nicely to my next question. Um, As you read it, it's obviously um, a cautionary tale, similar to um, The Boy Who Cried Wolf, but with dinosaurs. Um, Why did you choose dinosaurs as your character characters within that story and to tell it in in the way that you did and it was kind of more the other way around really I um I I was wanting to write a book about dinosaurs Mm -hmm. um I'd been to the Natural History Museum I have a sketchbook which I kind of I don't get out I used to carry a sketchbook and and work a lot in my sketchbooks you know I used to commute I worked in games company and would commute on the train and I'd draw in it on train journeys whereas now 90% of the time I'm at home I don't I don't I, I tend to work in my studio sort of you know I'm only out maybe two or three days a month um but I'd be I went to Natural History Museum and I was I just drew some dinosaur skulls and I, and I started drawing these little cartoony dinosaurs over like the next few months and just and I thought oh it'd be great to do a dinosaur book and then I think it was my daughters who I think it was my daughter was two at the time my youngest daughter and I think not necessarily, the, the, it was kind of the concept of the boy who cried wolf, more with her crying for things when she didn't really need it or something. I think that just kind of, it just kind of reminded me of the boy who cried wolf and thought, and I just, we, we were, we went on holiday to uh, Menorca and we were on the beach and, and it, I was, you know, the best ideas for stories tend to come when you're not at your desk. I, I struggle to come up with concepts and ideas when I'm at my desk. It's normally on walks, like long walks up the hills. I live in North Wales, so I do that quite a lot. And, um, yeah. and I think just lying on the beach and I, and she was, crying for something I thought and it just gave me the, the idea and I just thought you know oh maybe maybe that could, it could be like the boy who cried wolf but with dinosaurs and I kind of wrote the the repetitive bit of the story where um Gigantosaurus quit run and hide and they ran they hid they shook with fear and it's it's that kind of where one dinosaur is saying this Gigantosaurus is coming and the rest of them are terrified and they all run off but there isn't a Gigantosaurus and um and it was it was I started writing it on the beach and then my Rosie, my two-year-old, started scribbling in my sketchbook and I got really cross and sort of stomped off mm. to our apartment and left my wife on the beach with the children and kind of wrote it pretty much, the first draft, um, in a few hours um, drinking wine and eating bread and cheese on my own in our apartment. 
Amazing. So, yeah. But uh, it was more, yeah, more the other way. I kind of, I'd wanted to do a dinosaur book and it had been sat in my sketchbook for so long, for at least a couple of years, I think. And um, and I think it was just waiting for a sort of little bit of inspiration, something that would take. And it was my daughter sort of calling for things that she didn't really, you know, that, that kind of gave me that boy cred wolf idea. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. And it reads aloud so beautifully, that and... Um... The, the Jolly Rogers, the Pirates Next Door. They both have a real rhythm and, and bounce to them. Which my, you know, my son loves Gigantosaurus in particular. <laughs> that's one of his favourites. So, thank you. It was good. It was good doing the. I, I quite enjoy doing that when I read at book festivals and occasion. I don't do a lot of school visits when I, when I do a school visit, um, because I, I put up those words for them to shout out with. You know, the, when yeah. when the dinosaurs and come, it's a bomb, 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 and a thud, 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 and these sort of words. And I quite like that because the children get really into it. Yes, and they're looking for the noise the dino- uh, the the gigantosaurus makes, which is a stomp. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's perfect for reading aloud. And they also both have these amazing giant kind of fold-out pages. Um, both of them. Why did you decide to include spreads like that? Um, I think I think it originally went back to the Pirate Cruncher, which was uh, my first book, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't. It was never. I never intended that to be my first book. I, I, when I, I was working mainly in computer games, and I was off, and and I, I'd been wanting to write children's books since I was at school. You know, that was kind of what I wanted to do. But try, I'd had so many. I had a huge mail out years before um, in the nineties, where I sent loads of portfolio stuff out to loads of publishers and got just all rejections, and mm-hmm. kind of put it off and off and off and off. And I kind of developed this portfolio, which I was like, one day I'm going to take this round. And one of the pictures was kind of the um, the, um, the the uh, the the big moment in in the pirate cruncher where the pirates. I don't want to spoil the story for anyone who hasn't read it, but they, when the pirates kind of discover of the discover pirate, discover their fate, don't they? Um, yeah, so that I'd done that that image as a portfolio piece, and um, and then I was asked, "Could you make that into a story?" And so. Then I was trying to think backwards to how do I end up with this finale, this sort of moment in time. Um, and once I'd written the story and we thought of a format for the book, then we then it suddenly became a problem. How how can you have that scene because it's, it's it needs to be a very tall scene in a landscape book. Mm. And it was actually with the art, my art director uh, Mike Jolly who I think suggested this fold, and I thought oh that would be fantastic that would work really well, and it kind of hides it, and as you fold it, it would reveal the, the the monster um and so it was just it was an idea just to uh, to solve the problem of how i could show what i wanted to show in in what was quite a wide screen almost landscape book um and actually mike jolly later kind of for my second book which was the jolly rogers that was kind of the inspiration his name was the inspiration for that as well because yeah. i was asked to do another pirate book i was gonna do either a space or dinosaur book and um and I think they said, oh, the Pirate Cruncher's doing quite well. Why don't you do another pirate book while the Pirate Cruncher's doing quite well? And, I, and it was they suggested a sequel. And I was like, how can I do a sequel? You know, it's because the, the ending's not particularly happy. And no. um, and on the way back from the meeting, I was just thinking about concepts. And we were just moving house to Wales from... I, I grew up in Wales, and we were moving back to Wales. And, um, and so I was thinking about moving house a lot. And then I just thought about Mike Jolly's name. And I thought, what if someone called Jolly Mike Rogers? And it'd be this Jolly Rogers... So that was kind of inspiration for that as well. But the fold, the flaps and the folds were his idea. And it just kind of seems to have continued through the books. Um, I'm not sure my next one will have one, picture book. Mm, tell us more about that <laughs> later. 
Um, so excitingly, the Gigantosaurus characters also now have their own animation, don't they? They do, yeah. Yeah, it's quite exciting, yes. It's, um, it's, um, it's on currently, I think it's just started on Disney, the Disney Channel and Disney Junior. It's um, a French company um, called Cybergroup Studios um, based in Paris. They, someone, one of their production team went on holiday to London, well, a weekend in London and bought the Paris Next Door. Um, when they were, they went into a bookshop and were just looking at books. And when they took it back, there, they, they, the team sort of thought they contacted me about doing that as a TV series. So that's actually a TV series too in in France. The Pirates Next Door has its okay. own French TV series. Oh, cool! Um, and a couple other European countries, I think. Um, well, I know there are a few European countries, but then when they were working, when they signed that, and they were working on that. They um, it was just as Gigantosaurus was published. So as soon as it was published, I showed the work to um, Pierre Sisman, their, um, their, the head of the studio, and he um, really liked that as well. So so asked if they could work on that as a TV series. So, um, yeah. And is that available to view in the UK now? Or is that not? I'm not I, think it's, I think it's soon. I think it's quarter two. I haven't, got a, no, I haven't been given a specific date, so I presume it's spring, so April, May. Um, and that's on the Disney Channel or Disney Junior, and yeah. then I think it's on it's so I think it's on Netflix next year sometime towards the end of next year. Um, I'm not sure about what the channel, you know how how it works particularly. No. Um, but yeah, I, I've I've seen a few episodes. We um, we I was sent them and we watched them and 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 they're great. I mean, I went out for. Um, when they first signed it, I went out to Paris for two weeks working, designing. I used to work in, in computer games, designing characters. And then I was also a character designer on Ardman's pirate movie, the, uh, Pirates and Adventurous Scientists. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm kind of quite used to doing character concepts. as That's kind of what I sometimes do other than the book yeah. work. So I went out for two weeks and designed. They gave me a list of a whole load of other dinosaurs, other characters, and they wanted those in the same style as, as the, the book. So I did, you know, I think about twenty character designs um, for the TV series, but um, but no, it looks great. It looks really good. It was. I was having a sneaky um, internet search earlier on today, and it does look brilliant. Do you have any involvement in the kind of stories as well? Because it's not the it's not a retelling of the gigantic no, they've, story. No, they've got. Is it the kind I, of separate episodes? Yeah, it's um, it's funny because with the Paris Door, I kind of think there's a con- a sort of a, a specific concept about these pirates moving to a normal town and being sort of disliked for their piratiness. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, Gigantosaurus, I think it was the characters and the sort of that the, they they really responded to at Cybergroup, and um, and their how they looked and also their their personalities although they have changed a couple of the, the, the couple of the names um, um but it's it, it all looks fun you know it, it, it all looks fantastic but it's um they, they, they've done 52 episodes which um wow which so I, I was I had I did see scripts especially when I was working in Paris I met the script writers and we chatted about the the scripts but they they had I think they're actually starting a second series, so um, okay. Um, they um, so I think it's been pretty su- successful so far. I think they're very happy with how it's gone so far. Oh, well, that's brilliant! Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I have to ask you now about some of my personal favourites of your work, which were the amazing 
covers you did for the Harry Potter series, which is my favourite ever children's series. <laughs> and um, the covers were awesome. I was quite jealous. One of the um, pupils in my school entered one of the Harry Bot- Potter book night competitions. Okay. And she won one of the prizes, which was a book and also one of the signed um, prints of one of your illustrations. Ah, okay. Brilliant. You've got um, Dumbledore on the rock casting the fire ring around him yep. to get rid of the inferi. And I, I did have a crisis of conscience because, if I'm honest, I did briefly consider not giving her the print and just giving, <laughs> and just giving her the book. So said it got lost. <laughs> I know, I would appreciate that a lot more. But I thought, no, I need to be a good human being and a good teacher. And I did I did hand it over, begrudgingly. <laughs> um, but um, they're so brilliant. I was just wondering um, how it came about that you got involved in that project and if you had a favourite cover which you illustrated. Um, well, actually, probably because you've just mentioned it, I think my favourite is the, the Order of the Phoenix, which is the... no. The Half Blood Prince, sorry, <laughs> which is the yeah. um, the one with Dumbledore on the rock and Harry and the Inferi in theory, um, and I just like it because the it's it's probably the most I, I enjoyed drawing the fire really, and it went really smoothly compared to some of the others. I thought I'd, I thought I would love doing the Goblet of Fire with the dragon, um, the Hungarian Horntail and, and Harry and the egg, and I thought, oh, that's going to be brilliant! I can't wait to do that. But actually, when I got onto it, it was just a huge headache and it, it just kept going wrong. I had to keep redrawing bits. Uh, and I work, um, almost all of my work is digital. Um, so I can, I can change and I can, you know, I can. I, I show that one quite a lot over to a talk on Harry Potter covers because when, when, I, when I go through the saved versions, everything moves around all, everywhere. It just jiggles all around. The background changes, the dragon moves up and down, the flames move, Harry moves. I painted Harry, then I, re- I got rid of him because I, I didn't like him, painted him again. So that one I thought <laughs> would be my favourite, but was just a big headache. Whereas the um, the Half-Blood Prince kind of went very smoothly and I kind of like the finished, I like the flames, and I like the figures and, and I was just the one. Or also the uh, Prisoner of Azkaban I quite like with the, with the Patronus. Um, yeah, that was that's also, but also probably because it went quite well. The <laughs> um, yeah, correlation. Yeah, it, it, the 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 funny thing the funny thing about the Harry Potter ones is I originally I, I kind of tried to turn it down. I didn't um, until my agent kind of persuaded me, <laughs> and also the art director Val um, from the art director at Bloomsbury. Um, I spoke to both of them, and they persuaded me to do. The first cover, which was kind of a test, I believe there was, they had three or four illustrators do the first cover as a test piece and mm-hmm. chose someone to do the, the whole series. And my thing with the Harry Potter, which was I hadn't actually read any of the books or seen any of the films um, <gasps> at that point. <laughs> that was, okay. I once did a world book, uh, Harry Potter book night in Waterstones Piccadilly in London, and that was kind of the reaction I got then. I sort of said that, and there was this room full of people in Harry Potter outfits, you know, and there's just this massive intake of breath, and I was like, I don't. <laughs> and it wasn't because I had, didn't want to. I bought, uh, I bought the full set of Harry Potter books, um, but I was slightly too old to have gone through the. Well, not slightly, very much too old to have gone through the. Um, the, the the original sort of you know series coming out once a year. No. Age is no excuse. No. I was an, I was an adult and had just graduated as a teacher when I started <laughs> reading the Harry Potter series. And even as an adult, I had that pre-order 
dropping through my oh, letterbox. Did you? <laughs> so I'm sorry, but age is no barrier to enjoying <laughs> Harry Potter. I think one of the things is um, I tend to read things I'm illustrating and, and trying to find time, you know, outside of when I'm not reading a book that I'm going to be illustrating, then sometimes I don't necessarily want to read another children's book. I do read a lot of children's books. And actually, I may be reading more. There's been such a sort of um, an explosion of really great books, actually, of sort of, you know, chapter books and young adult books and stuff. So I am reading a lot more probably than... But I think I read things like... I think I read the um, um, Start Materials before Harry Potter... And then it was just, I think it was just thinking, right, I need the time to find to read all of those books yeah. um, and knowing. And then we had children and um, and then I'd be working late when my wife had gone to bed. So trying to find time to sit and read something for pleasure was was kind of getting harder to come by. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so once once they just once they so and when they originally asked me, I just I've got so many friends who are fantasy illustrators and, and maybe work more realistically. I've been doing my picture books for quite a long time. And doing less realistic work, whereas I'd done some of that, more of that in games, and maybe in my first few illustration jobs, um, when I when I when I, you know, when an agent took me on, um, a real illustration took me on, and um, and so I was a bit just a bit scared of doing it really, because I was thinking, well, I don't really know much about it, and I haven't worked in a style that kind of more realistic style for a long time. I've been working much more stylized, and um, and I was just kind of a bit wary of doing it, and then. But once they, once I did the first cover, and they they liked that, and I started on the rest of them, I did really enjoy the process, and I enjoyed I really enjoyed reading the books. Um, I avoided watching the films until I'd done the covers, um, and and I think maybe not knowing much about it, and not having lots of pre you know ideas that already were ingrained in maybe what seeing the films yeah. and and reading the books <laughs> ten years earlier, maybe that helped doing them as illustrations i don't know maybe and did you get to pick what scene went on the cover or were you directed towards certain parts of the story that the publishers wanted yeah i was kind of i was direct so i think for most of the books for the first cover it was a specific scene it had to be the scene when they when they first saw hogwarts um with yeah. with um hagrid and um i think i was i was asked to do Harry, Ron, Hermione, and, and Hagrid. I think one of the things um, Bloomsbury liked when I did that cover was that Harry was wasn't facing um, Hogwarts; he was looking back at the viewer. Um, right. Um, but for yeah. the rest of the, so that one was a specific scene; it had to be that scene. Um, and they gave us that scene as a, you know, the, a, a transcript of that, that two or three pages around that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, they gave I think. For, I think for all of them, I had at least two options of the scenes to for the cover, and it was right. so I read to those. I read, made sure I read to those points before I did the roughs and before I made a decision. Um, and I read to that point and then did some sketches and sent that to Bloomsbury, and and that would be the start of the process for each cover. And so while I was waiting for feedback, maybe I'd finish the book off and start on the next book. But it was quite a quick pro. I had a, um, I, it was probably December-ish time, end of November, start of December, when when I was commissioned to do the full set and they all needed it by June. But I had other work, you know, I, I already had stuff on my schedule. Mm-hmm. And it was um it was quite intense really, reading all the books and they sent me the audiobooks as well, which was fantastic. The Stephen Fry audiobooks. They were yes. great. So I had them on in my studio all the time. I had a, a, I made sure I had, I got a CD player in my, in my studio and then 
if I heard a description, I'd, I'd pause the CD player, note down where it was, or write down the description. And I'd, even when I was working on other jobs, it was, as soon, when they first commissioned me, I was still trying to finish other jobs that I'd already, you know, I was already committed to. So, um, so I'd listen to them while I was doing those jobs, and just was pretty immersed. Well, although it's amazing what I've forgotten, I've done a few talks, and then children are always so good at soaking up and information yeah. that they just remember everything and they quiz me on stuff and I don't remember and then I'm the same actually I've watched the films so many times more than I've probably read the books it's only since I got I've been buying for my children obviously the um it fully illustrated the big version yeah they're fantastic and I've yeah. been rereading them that I've remembered all the details that are not in the films, and there's so much packed in there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Really yeah I'm reading those with my daughter, actually. Uh, my So Rosie, who I said was two when I did Gigantosaurus, she's now nine. So we're reading those as they come out, the um, the illustrated yes. editions. She's not that interested in my... I've got loads of my ones here with my covers on, but she she loves those. The G- Jim Kay's artwork is just incredible, so she, she just loves looking through those. So, um, um, yeah, that's what we're reading, not the ones with my covers. <laughs> Uh, as they come out which is good but what an amazing thing to have you know they're going to be part of book history aren't they you know your your covers so yeah it's fantastic yeah i'm I'm really really glad i did them i'm really glad um i was asked to do them um Mm. um and they were generally fun to do it was it was um just some of the ones that were more difficult that and you get a little bit a little bit sort of stressed about how they're going to be received because it's such a massive, um, such a massive intellectual property now, isn't it? You know, the films yeah. and everything else. It's and some people confuse that actually. I, I had some criticism on how Harry looked on some covers from some people. You know, lots yeah. of people said they love them, but it's when as an illustrator, you just kind of draw you you draw things how you see it when you read the book, yeah. Um, and that's all you can do as long as the client, which is the publisher and the author, are happy with yeah. your take on that character that's kind of that's your job really as an illustrator not not to try and make everybody happy especially with someone people have such set ideas of how they think harry and various characters should look yes no they definitely do it's dangerous territory isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so moving sadly moving away from harry potter i could talk about harry potter forever <laughs> um, um you mentioned that you normally have at least 10 different ideas for books pinned up on your wall that you want to work on and that you were working on some other titles as well can you give us any hints about what we might see from you over the next year or so um well there's the pirate piper which is the chapter book and um i've got ideas for other chapter book series which i haven't really shown to anyone yet even my agent um Mm. and they keep coming all the time i'll hear something or i talk to my daughter about something and I, i start noting it down and so I've got at least two that I really want to do um, reasonably soon. Um, so I might suggest those two, you know, instead of a maybe a, another Jolly Rogers book before I do another Jolly Rogers book. Um, and then I'm also very much working on two Viking picture books. Um, so one called Barney the Brave um, yep. and one called Harold the Hungry. <laughs> so Harold the Hungry was originally based on um, my 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 dad died in 2007 he had a motorbike accident and um, he was 60 and only a few months before his accident um, I did a painting for him for his 60th birthday which was um, him as a Viking on a Viking ship with a book saying recipes for hungry Vikings 
and that was because he went on motorbike holidays all kind of all around the world. He'd been to India, he'd been to Spain, he'd been you know all over the place. And whenever I asked him about, say, you know, how was how was the holiday and how was it? What was India like? He'd say, oh, I had this terrific, just fantastic curry in Goa. Or he'd say, how was France? And he'd say, oh, I had this freedom air on the harbour, and and all he'd talk about was the food. And yeah. so I did this picture with with him on this Viking, and all around the edge was like. Um, a bit like the Bayo Tapestry, uh, but him on his motorbike right. chasing chickens and eating food and drinking <laughs> beer and the places he'd been on holiday. And that's been on the wall since it was 2007. Mm. Um, and I just started thinking more and more, oh, that could be a good book. So I, I had the idea of this Harold the Hungry because um, the, the picture over him had Eric the Hungry. He was called Eric. Right. But I didn't want to call it Eric, even though there's lots, because I thought there's lots of Viking books about <laughs> Eric's. Yeah. But I think that's also what triggered the Viking thing. And also so that's, nice alliteration that's as well with Harold, isn't it? So Yeah, yeah. So um so I started on that and then I also did a little sketch of his son who was called Barney wrestling with a bear. And and when the publisher saw that they thought, Oh, that we really like that as well. So I thought what we could do is a prequel afterwards and then we've decided to do that first. So Right. So I've I've sketched both books out and written both books and I once I've finished the Pirate Piper I'll be doing the artwork for Barney the Brave. Um, you know, probably from April onwards. Brilliant. And I don't know how long that will take. Hopefully, not very long. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the, the books are quite long, and they, the the artwork takes probably is is a big is takes a long time. I normally spend a week or so on each illustration, which wow. Um, when you add it all up, it becomes like twenty weeks. So, but I think this this one's a bit shorter than my previous ones. I think in page count. Oh, okay, so maybe they'll be out for Christmas if we're lucky. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that being a little optimistic? <laughs> I think so. Oh, okay. I think more to do with the time publishers need once you finish the artwork. I think some. Yeah. Um, I think you've got it once you've finished it. It, 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 it. There's a big chunk of time there for it to be printed and and other things to be done. Yes. We'll blame them. Pardon? We'll blame them. Taking their... um, uh, no, <laughs> it's normally my fault when the books are late. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. Well, that sounds very exciting. Well, that's the end of my questions. And thank you so much, as I said, for um, chatting with me. It's been really fascinating. And I'm looking forward to trying to find um, Gigantosaurus on um, the Disney Channel when, it, when it's out, hopefully in <laughs> April. And I will be eagerly awaiting your Viking books once the saga of illustrating them. Yeah, I'm hoping to I'm hoping to post a bit more about those as I do them really, some of the sketches. Yes. I've posted the odd Viking sketch on I haven't like I said, I took January and February off. Yeah. Um and I'm just trying to post the odd thing at the moment, but trying to get on with work. Yes. Social media can be a a bit of a rabbit hole to fall down, can't it? <laughs> yeah. As I found. But anyway, thank you so much for talking to me, especially um when you're not feeling hundred percent. And I've... I've not had to blow my nose, so that's good. No, that's good. You can do it in a, <laughs> just in a minute more. And I'll do it in a minute, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm going to say thank you and um, goodbye. Thank you. Thanks very much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. So make sure you keep your eyes open for a new Jolly Rogers first chapter book coming very soon. And also for the very exciting collaboration with M.G. Leonard on a picture book all about bugs. Sadly, there's no time for any extra reviews or recommendations today because I had so much to chat with Johnny about. 
However, we have another brilliant episode coming next week with the author of the Bright Storm series, Vashti Hardy. So make sure you remember to download the latest episodes and subscribe so you don't miss out on that. And if you want to get in touch, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter as at BookSuperhero2. Or you can find me on my blog, www.librarygirlandbookboy.wordpress.com or you can find me on Facebook in the Library Girl and Book Boy group. Remember to subscribe. You do not want to miss out on Vashti's interview next week. Goodbye.